Pastor Marty has had his grandkids here for a couple of days. And uh, it's not fair. It's not fair. So I called in reinforcements. Yeah, that's right. My granddaughter's here today. Joya. Cutest thing you've ever seen. Don't argue. Don't even try. Okay? <clears throat> so if you hear me referred to today as Big Papa, then uh, you know you know what that means. And uh, in case you get the idea that you're going to call me Big Papa, that's Pastor Big Papa to you. All right? I, uh, I wear that uh, moniker with distinction uh, as uh, she calls her dad Papa and uh, Mama and uh, Big Papa. And she calls Lynn Grandma. I'll let you figure out why. All right? Um, that's good. Uh, so um, I am on uh, social media. I'm on Facebook. You can look me up. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, I have a blog, and once about every two, three years, I actually post something. But uh, actually, it's a little bit more than that. But there, there's a lot of space in between. Life, life is busy, and I don't always get that done. So... Uh, what I do, just so you, you understand, uh, I am not going to get into any great deep theological arguments on my Facebook page or on Twitter. I don't do that, okay? Uh, honestly, I, I use my social media presence to put things out there to help us to think and to make us laugh. And if you love coffee, uh, I, I'm always posting stuff about coffee, I'm doing smoked meats and stuff like that, and then things that I find that are funny. So this morning, as uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, I found something, and I just want to share it with you because I want you to be as scarred for life as I am. Uh, and, and now that you're beginning to understand my, my sense of humor, uh, I want you to look at this picture, and to, uh, I don't know if any of you saw this this morning. But uh, a guy's talking to his, his child, and the child says, why is that man's head so big? And it said, well, uh, why, why do you ask? Well, look how small his body is with the arms and the legs. Okay, and the reason why I said I was scarred is because I will never look at this sign again and not see the little arms and legs of Colonel Sanders. And so just wanted, to, uh, just wanted to share that with you this morning so you can enjoy that. That's the kind of stuff that I put on my Facebook page because I'm like, classic. That's, that's hilarious. And he's kind of dancing too. So there you go, all right? So we are uh, continuing our, our, our walk through this morning of, uh, of, of some of the giants that we're dealing with. And uh, I want you to join me again as we take another lap around the track. And uh, this morning, we are uh, coming into the, to the stadium. We're, we're doing the laps. And as Esther leaves us, uh, we see a man step out from the crowd and approach the track. He's wearing white robes. He is, uh, uh, and, and surprisingly, an Egyptian headdress. And as you first look at him, you might think, well, this is a pharaoh. Um, but the man, the pharaohs always opposed the Jews, or, or almost always, and, and uh, prior to the uh, uh, exodus. So, so it's not, it, this is a person of faith, and we knew that he would not be in the stadium unless he was uh, a believer, presented to encourage us. And then it hits you, duh, this is 
Joseph, right. We're going to look at the life of Joseph. And uh, as, as we do that, uh, we're going to look at disappointment. Do you ever battle disappointment? Are there ever times when you, when you struggle with the idea of disappointment? Things don't go the way that you expect them to. And again, I realize that, that as we begin to think back and, 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 and we started with Noah and we looked at Esther and now we're looking at Joseph, you say, well, all of these are, are almost interrelated. Yeah, because that's the way life works, right? It's, it's a little interrelated. So, so here's my big idea for this morning, and it's simply this. Every believer must recognize that God's timing or God's plan and God's timing are perfect. Don't get ahead. Don't fall behind. Allow God to be God. One of the best books that I've read in a long time is a book by, I believe it's Ray Stedman, and it's entitled Let God Be God. And it's a study, a walkthrough of the book of Job. And uh, if you're, guys, if you do a men's Bible study or you'd like to start one, that is a great book for men to walk through to just allow God to be God. And uh, that's what we want to talk about. So as, as Joseph strides up to us, he immediately begins speaking and he says something like this, dreams are conceived long before they're achieved. The period of time between the birth of a dream and the dream's realization is always a process. It's a, it's a growth period that is filled with doubt, adversity, change, and many times surprises. During the process, you experience good days and bad days. And frequently, you're forced to be faced with the dilemma, do I give up? Or do I go on? Do I give up or do I press on? And without hesitation, Joseph would tell us that you don't give up on your dreams. That's the answer. You never give up on your dreams. And, and I'm kind of using a, a, a squishy word here this morning. Dream or dreams, and I'm using them interchangeably with the rock-solid terminology of God's perfect plan and his timing. So as we talk and we use this idea of dreams, that's the kind of thing that, 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 that we, that's the way we see it. But theologically, what we're talking about is God's plan for our lives, God's timing. Now, the great debate that, that I wrestled through with my kids was, the Word of God says, trust in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. So does that mean He's going to give you what you want, or he's going to put in your heart what you want? And the answer is yes. Walk with the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The more you walk with the Lord, the more you want the things that God wants, the more happy he is to just dump truck you full of all that kind of good stuff, right? So that's kind of what we're walking through. And so I want to, I want to ta- I'm going to look at four things about, about dreams, and, and or what we would like to see happen in our lives. Let me, let me just give you a quick example. When I was in high school, my great desire was to open a sporting goods store. Okay? Not one of those sporting goods stores that sells shorts and T-shirts, but a sporting goods store with guns and bows 
and knives. Yeah, man store. <laughs> right? That's what I want to do. I want to open it. I want to get married. I want to have like nine kids. Pastor Chad's way ahead of me. Um, and, 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 and do all of that. And that was my dream. Then I went to college and, and realized I probably wasn't going to do that. So I began to major in at the University of Northern Iowa. I was an education major, and this ought to just scare the beans out of you, uh, that uh, I wanted to be in secondary education teaching history. Is it any, re- any reason why I love the Old Testament? I love history. And my favorite part is the uh, 1800 to 1840s, the Mountain Man era, the Western expansion. You know, if you talk to me very long, I'll eventually throw a phrase at you like, we've got more ground to cover this morning than Lewis and Clark. Love Lewis and Clark. My kids grew up, we homeschooled, and we would sit at the kitchen table, and we'd eat lunch, and we'd watch the story of the gun. Yeah, it was really good. You guys are thrilled. All right, PBS did a kind of Ken Burns-style documentary called The Core of Discovery. And it was like six, this is how old I am, VHS tapes that that we would watch, and we'd watch them over and over. As soon as we got done, we'd put the first one back in, and we'd watch it again. I love that. I love the French and Indian War times. Last of the Mohicans, one of my favorite movies. Uh, a couple of guys in my church were like, hey, Pastor, what, what are some of your favorite movies? And I said, oh, man, you got to watch Jeremiah Johnson. That is absolutely, I love that. And I gave it to them. They came back and they went, worst movie ever. What a snooze fest. I said, you don't get it. You don't get it. They don't make men like that anymore. They're ready, ready to go out and cut their own trees down and build their own and wrestle a bear and I love to do rendezvous. I used to do that. I used to go out and do the rendezvous thing, you know. That was great for about two days. Then I wanted to go home and get a shower and get in the air conditioning. And All right, so you understand what I'm talking about, dreams. We all have these things we want to do. So we're going to begin with taking the dream to the finish. Take your Bibles and open to Genesis 37, and we're eventually going to get in there. But as, as we start thinking through this, taking your dream to the finish, I, I, I want us to go around the track with, with Joseph, and he wastes no time in parting wisdom learned from a life of adversity. Here's a guy that comes to us, and he's dressed in these immaculate robes, and he's, he's got this Egyptian headdress, and, 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 and he was a very powerful man, but it wasn't easy to get to the place where God used him. So number one, we want to recognize that you don't give up on your dreams. You don't give up on your dreams even if you don't start off well. Don't give up on your dreams even if you don't start off well. Joseph's dream came to him early. According to the scriptural narrative, he was 17 years old. That's when he received this this dream, this vision from God that one day his brothers and even his father and his mother would bow down to him. And just like a 17-year-old kid would do, he immediately went to his older brother and says, guess what? I had a dream. 
And he shares it with them. Oh, that went over well. And he also shared it with his mom and dad. It got him into trouble. But it didn't stop him. The beginning of a dream, the, the idea that God is going to do something with you, and you, don't, you may not know exactly what it is, but you, 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 know, you desire to follow hard after God, it generates sometimes a lot more enthusiasm than wisdom. I first went to faith. I was going to a small church on the south side of Des Moines. And um, as I was going to church there, I wanted to preach. And so I'd, I'd constantly be going to the pastor, go, Pastor, let me preach. Come on, man, I'm a Bible coach. Let me, let me preach. Let me preach. You know, let me, you got, got to let me preach, man. And one day he looked at me and he goes, before you can preach, Steve, you actually have to have something to say. <laughs> okay. Never even thought of it. Oh, I was enthusiastic. I had no idea what to do, how to do it, anything like that. And a lot of times that happens in our lives. Like Joseph, sometimes we don't start off so well. But unlike Joseph, too often we give up. It would be easy to just give up and walk away. It would be easy to just quit because it's too hard to follow hard after God. It's too much work. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to put in the time. We don't want to put in the effort. Joseph encourages us to stay faithful. Maybe you're here this morning and you're discouraged. Hey, you know what? Life didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to. I got news for you. It's turning out exactly how God has put it together. You see, you don't understand. You don't know the stupid decisions that I've made. I don't. I don't know. I don't need to. Here's what I know. God knows. God can make something beautiful out of a mess. God could still use you. may not be in the way you thought, but God could still use you. Allow yourself to recapture the dream of desiring above all else to glorify God and to find your joy in Him. If we've abandoned our dream, we need to once again claim it as our own. Now, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things you could say, well, you know, here's what I want to do with my life or this or that or whatever. But, but really, as believers, we are called to glorify God. Westminster Catechism begins with question number one, and it said, what is the chief end of man? The answer, the chief end of man is to glorify God and forever find our joy in him. That, that may be a bit of, uh, of a paraphrase. But we're to find our joy in God and to glorify him in everything that we do. So whatever it is you want to do, you want to glorify God in the midst of that. So even if you don't start off well, even though you messed up, recapture the dream, follow hard after God, desire to glorify Him, and to find our joy in Him. Number two, you don't give up on your dream even if your family doesn't support it. 
You don't give up just because your family doesn't support it. I shared with you a little bit of my testimony of, of the reaction that my parents had when I said I was going off to Bible college and, and, and I, I believe that God had, was working in my life. I believe God was calling me to preach and, and I shared that with you. Um, didn't tell you about the day that I'm sitting at the kitchen table and my mom says, I know you, there's something wrong, you need to tell me what's going on. I said, well, I've come to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and I'm leaving the church that our family was steeped in. She was crushed. Went in the other room, laid on her bed, cried. But they decided, well, it's probably just a phase, he'll grow out of it. It's, it's not easy when your family doesn't support you. The Bible said when Joseph told his family about his dream, his, look, at, look at his father's response in, in, in the second part of verse 10. He says, what is this dream you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers come and bow down on the ground before you? And his, his brother's response is even worse. Look at verse 11. It says his brothers were jealous of him. Jump over to verse 19. They said to one another, oh, here comes the dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits, and we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Clearly, Joseph is not going to get any support from his family. I understand that. Maybe you do too. When we were... When we were raising our kids, uh, our family got together quite often. I always told God I didn't want to go to Faith Baptist Bible College because it was too close to Des Moines where my, where my family was. In fact, I told God I will not go. So I went to Faith, and um, my family would get together, but they'd always do it on Sunday afternoon. Well, we're fairly busy on Sundays. Amen? we got things to do. We're busy all morning. We have a couple of hours break, and then we go back. We would have choir practice maybe in the afternoon and then the evening service. And as, as we did all of that, you know, we didn't have time to go to the big family gatherings. You know, and then they'd say, well, why can't you ever come to anything? I'd say, why can't you ever do anything on a Saturday? Well, because we always do it on Sunday. We're busy. Sometimes you have to make those decisions. It's not always easy. He's not getting any support from his family. And it's very difficult to retain your dream of what you believe God wants you to do when your family wants you to let go of it. It's hard. It's hard to stay in there. It's hard to keep doing the right thing when your family is constantly chirping that you're not doing the right thing. And that's what Joseph was dealing with. But when the dream comes from God, when, when you have a desire to follow God and to do what God wants you to do, the, the, the dream, that idea holds you when you think that you are, are unable to keep going. So if you're here this morning, and your family loves you and supports you and wants to see you do well in your Christian walk, praise God. And if you're, if you're here this morning, you're raising up a family, love on them, encourage them, 
Tell them that they gotta, they got to follow hard after God. They've got to do that. And parents, if your kids come to you and say, well, I don't know, I, I, I just have this burden. I want to I wanna go be a missionary. And we, we as parents go, yes, awesome. Well, I want to go somewhere that's really dangerous, and, and they tell you, and you go, whoa, 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 slow down the wagon. You can follow God, but just don't take my grandbabies away, right? You can, you can follow God, just don't leave the country. I don't know that I can handle that. You have got to want your kids to love God more than they love you. And that's hard. It's hard. I remember seeing a, a, a movie one time, a Christian movie, uh, that you can use the word movie if you always preface it with Christian. So I saw this Christian movie, and, and it was about a kid who wanted to go into the ministry, but his dad wanted him to play football. And so he's having this intense conversation with his girlfriend standing on the front porch, and the dad misconstrues the conversation because the girl is saying to her dad, to the, to the boyfriend, you're going to have to tell your parents sooner or later. So dad freaks out, literally blows out the front door, tackles this kid. They're wrestling around in the front yard. And, and, and the kid finally gets up on top of his dad, has him pinned down. And he goes, dad, I've got to love Jesus more than I love you. And it's so true. I love my kids. Got some of them here today. And if they came and told me that God was calling them to go somewhere, that's going to be hard. I'm not going to lie to you. But I got to have my kids love God and follow him more than they love me and follow my desires for their lives. Yeah, I used to tell my, my boys, I know God's will for your life. When you're ready, I'll tell you. Yeah, that didn't work. Didn't work at all. Okay? So, so when you feel like you can't hold on, you've got to turn back to God. You've got to say, help me to hang on to this. Help me to stay focused. Oh, there's that word again. Remember we started with that on Sunday? We've got to stay focused. Here's number three. Number three, don't give up on your dream, even if your journey is full of surprises and disappointments. Don't give up on your dreams, even if your journey is full of surprises and disappointments. Just because things don't go the way you planned is no reason to give up. I shared yesterday, I think it was, the fact that I, I failed a doctrine exam on salvation and, and went home and told Lynn, that's it, pack up, we're leaving, I'm out of here. That was kind of my mantra all through Bible college. That's it. We're done. I'm packing up. Let's get out of here. I had an opportunity to preach, actually, Nate, in the church you guys are attending, Norwoodville. And uh, this is after I'd been to faith and after I was uh, learning to be a pastor. And uh, I got up and, and I preached a message. And when we got done, I, uh, I closed in prayer and I walked off the platform. 
And I met the song leader coming up, and it dawned on me I forgot to give an invitation. So I stopped the song leader right in the aisle, and I said, hey, sing a couple of song, uh, verses of the closing hymn, uh, and then you can close and pray and dismiss everybody. And he goes, oh, okay. So he goes up, and I, I go, and I stand next to Lynn, and we sing, and we get done, and I go to the back, and I stand there, you know, good to see you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for allowing me to come, blah, blah, blah. We get in the car to go home. I looked at Lynn, and I go, we get home, pack up, because we're done. And she goes, What? And I go, any preacher that's too dumb to give an invitation has no business being in the ministry. And she went, well, that may be true, but you're allowed to make a mistake once in a while. No, nope, can't do it. You know, so that was kind of my mantra. Whenever anything would go wrong, I'd be like, all right, bust out the boxes, pack them up, we're done, we're leaving. Never Nothing ever comes easy. Amen? If you want something, you have to work at it. And so what I'm trying to ex explain is that following ha hard after God, following his plan for our lives is not always easy. And so you got to stay with the stuff. Keep going. Look at, uh, just, just, okay, on the count of three, everybody say no. One, two, three. One, two, three. All right, work with me here. I'm telling you, you St. Charles people, you're naughty. I had a blast last night. I went over to their fire, and we had a, we had a good time. They, they, they helped us because um, some of my ladies from Clear Lake were having an issue with their fire. wouldn't start. And so I went over, and they, they helped me out, and then, then we stood around and visited. We had a great, great time. Amen? Good. We had a lot of fun. Um, so, Joseph, misunderstood by his family. Did he give up? He is sold into slavery by his brothers. Did he give up? Living in a strange country, far away from home. Did he give up? Given, careful, given favor in Potiphar's house, what did he do? He pressed on. He pressed on. He served God. And God blessed and blessed and blessed. Wrongly accused by Potiphar's wife. Did he give up? No. Thrown into prison for being wrongly accused by Potiphar's wife. Did he give up? Put in charge of all the prisoners. What did he do? He pressed on for God. And he was incredibly successful. Forgotten by the chief butler. Did he give up? That little lapse of memory by the chief butler cost him two more years in prison. Did he give up? Okay, so we started out, I said, say, say no. No! Now we're, now we're doing this, and you're all like, no, no. Interprets Pharaoh's dream. What does he do? Press on. Honor God becomes the second in command in all of Egypt, what does he do? Press on. Serve God right where he was. Did God bless him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So why didn't he give up? Have you ever thought about this? What, what kept him going? What kept him going? After all, he's just like you and me, right? I mean, when we look at these saints of old, they're no different than we are. 
I mean, just for a second, think about David. God called David a man after his own heart. God, did you see what David did with Bathsheba? Did you notice what he did with Uriah the Hittite? Couldn't get Uriah to cover his sin, so he just killed him. And yet God calls David a man after his own heart. So here's, here's, here's the thing. Just like you and me, he had twice as many give up moments as he did press on moments. Every dream contains negative surprises that greatly can discourage you. There are some of us here this morning that have had some major life events happen that we didn't plan on, that we didn't want, and somehow we get the idea that just because these things happened, God doesn't want anything to do with us anymore. That's not true. You should not buy that lie. Well, pastor, you don't know about the sin in my life. Don't care. Forgiveness is available. You can continue to serve God. You can continue to please him, continue to be like Jesus. You can continue to bring God glory, and you can continue to diligently seek him. I mentioned earlier that I'm on, I'm on social media. Every one of my social media uh, things begins with, here's who I am. I am a man that is striving every day to please God, be Christ-like, bring God glory, and diligently seek him. Those are my four goals, personally. They shape everything that I do. And the folks from Oskaloosa can tell you that they hear those over and over and over. It's not like our church ever sat down and said, oh, let's vote on those four goals and make them our church. No, I'm just, hey, that's who I am, and that's what I'm going to encourage them to do. That's who I am. I'm going to encourage you to do that, to be pleasing to God in everything that you do, to, to, to be Christ-like. Not what would Jesus do, because here's a newsflash, you ain't Jesus, right? But what would Jesus have me to do? I want to be Christ-like. I want to emulate Jesus to others, okay? And from there, I want to bring glory to God. And then finally, I want to diligently seek him. I love Hebrews you guys know that. I've mentioned that a couple of times. But Hebrews 11.6 is, is a great verse because it says, For without faith, it's impossible to please. Oh, wait, what's my first goal? Please God. So there must be something there I need to know. Those who come to God must believe that he is. Duh, right? It's actually more than that. Do you really believe God is who he says he is? Do you really believe that he can take your busted up, messed up life and create something beautiful out of it. Well, I started out good, Pastor, but, but, but stuff happened and, and, and everything just went sideways and, and, and now I'm just a hot mess. God can take that and he can use it for his glory. So you must believe that he is and, this is my favorite part, you ready? That he is a rewarder of those 
that diligently seek him. That's where it comes from, okay? So that, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to encourage you to do. This is what Joseph did. He never gave up. Every time he found himself in a give-up situation in life, he realized that the Lord was with him, that God was at work. Listen, we, we love the story of Joseph, especially when we get to verse or chapter 50, and he says, look, you guys, talking to his brothers, right? You people, you meant it for evil, and God meant it for good. Do you think he just figured that out when his brother showed up? I submit to you this morning that no, he did not just figure that out when his brother showed up. But that it was something that, that, that was working in his life through the whole thing. It, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Joseph must have had some sense that God was working in his life, and that's what mattered. Charles Spurgeon said this, God is too good to be unkind and he's too wise to be mistaken. When we cannot trace his hand, trust his heart. Sometimes we, we don't know what God's doing. We don't know why things are happening in our lives. And many times it seems like it's coming from outside forces. Somebody else is doing something that's impacting our lives. And, and, and we feel like we have no control. God has not stepped down from the throne. I shared about our granddaughter that passed away. Somebody came up to me yesterday and they said, you know, the way, the way that you said that was almost like, like God killed your granddaughter. If that's the way it came across, it is not what I meant. And, and thank you to the one that came and said, it's kind of what it sounded like because that's not what I meant. God allowed that thing in our lives to help me to be more pleasing to him, to learn to be more Christ-like, to give him glory through that, and to cause me to diligently seek him even harder. And it worked. Okay? So you understand that. But that's not something you just figure out at the last moment. Again, you need to be learning biblical Truths. I look at these guys over here, these young guys from, from uh, St. Charles, and I look at you guys, I'm like, start banking spiritual truth. You know, I said, I said that we, we rehearsed what we knew about God. Okay? Learn it now. Bank it away so that you're able, when the time comes, to go to the bank and make that withdrawal. And it's real. Joseph did not figure out in chapter 50 of Genesis, oh, you know what? You, this just dawned on me. You guys meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. It was all part of the plan from the beginning. Oh, I, I get it now. No, it had to be that he had some sense that God was working in his life through all of this stuff. That's going on. Even though life made no sense to Joseph, it makes sense to God. Because again, you get one puzzle piece at a time. And God sees the whole picture. So I mentioned Lynn loves puzzles. And I mentioned uh, that uh, she plays on her iPad. And so yesterday afternoon, she's sitting in the retreat center, and she's doing puzzles. And the next thing I know, one of the uh, 
hall girls climbs up in her lap, and they're doing puzzles together. And so I said to Lynn, I said, isn't that kind of hard? She goes, well, she said, they have a setting on there where you can make the pieces bigger. So there's like not 500 pieces, now there's like 25. And so they're able to manipulate that. And so she's, she's doing that. So this morning, I'm out drinking coffee, and I'm reading over my notes, and and uh, little girl comes. I, the reason I keep saying little girl and one of the hall girls is I can't keep them straight. Okay, so so I think it was Kendall. All right, so Kendall comes up to me, and she goes, iPad puzzle. And I said, you, you'd like to do Lynn's puzzle? Yes, please. So I went and knocked on the door. I said, Lynn, hand me your... Your, your and so I gave it to her, and, uh, and, and she sat down, and just, she's doing puzzles. And, and it's, just, it, it, it's just amazing. But again, I go back to, to what we talked about yesterday, is you trust the dude to put the puzzle together, one, that all the pieces are in there, and two, that they're actually going to make the picture that is on the box. You trust them. Can you not trust God? That he knows exactly what he's doing, even when it hurts, even when we don't understand, even when we're confused, even when it hurts so bad that you can almost literally feel your heart breaking. We need to trust him. Here's number four. Don't give up on your dreams, even if it takes a long time to realize it. Don't give up on your dreams, even if it takes a long time to realize it. Do you realize it was somewhere around 23 years that passed from the time Joseph had the dream until his brothers show up in Egypt? And, and, and trust me, yeah, yesterday I did the whole story of, of Esther for you guys. I would love to do the whole story of, of Joseph, but we don't have enough time because it's a big one. It takes a lot of time to work through all of those things. But, but again, I cannot encourage you enough to go back, read the story of Joseph. See the faithfulness of God in the midst of all this stuff that's going wrong. First he gets thrown in the cistern. Then he gets given to the Midianites. Then he gets bought by Potiphar. Then God blesses and things are going great. And then he gets accused. And then he goes to prison. And then this. And then that. You start reading that and all of a sudden you're like, it sounds like my life. I want things to go well. I want things to be easy. Don't work that way. Life is hard. We talked about that. Many of us have the emotional scars to prove it. Amen? Twenty-three years passed, but in the end, Joseph ruled his family. Not only that, but he was reconciled with his brother, his brothers. He was reconciled with his father. He saved the nation Israel. We need to understand that you never know what God's timetable looks like. God does not operate on our timetable. He operates on his own timetable. We don't know what, how things are going to work out, what is going to transpire. And we need to trust God's timetable. When you're in the middle of the journey, when you're in the middle of the battle, don't give up. 
Don't give in. Okay, here's, I'm going to shock you here. For those of you here that are married, marriage is hard. I know, some of you are like, are you kidding me? Yeah, marriage is hard. It's hard work. Raising kids is hard. Amen? I use, a, I use terminology like this. When you are in the midst of raising kids, you feel like you're in a meat grinder that's never going to end. Parents are like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I'm here to tell you, it ends. I'm the old guy now. My kids are grown up. They have kids of their own. I'd give anything to have them little again. To be able to do the things I used to do with them, to help them. Man, when the kids were growing up and they needed things, and I was like, are you kidding? Go ask your mother. I wasn't the greatest parent. I've told everybody, my kids turn out to be good, it's their mother's fault. Hey, I was busy in ministry trying to, trying to, trying to build churches and build people. I built them too. But it's hard. It's hard when you're in that meat grinder. And you think it's never going to end. I, you're going to blink, and it's going to be over. You're going to blink, and they're going to be, you know, Daddy, I met this boy. I kill him. Just saying. And we, we understand that. It's hard, and it, but it's, it's God's timetable. It takes a long time to realize it. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't quit. God is faithful. He knows what he's doing. We get confused. We don't, we don't know what's going on. Let me give you some encouraging words from Joseph as, as we begin to, to wrap this up. He has so much to say and really little time to share it as we're, we're making our lap around the track. And as we come near to the end of, of the lap, he gives us what I think are four keys for following hard after God. Four keys for following hard after God from the life of Joseph. Number one, God is always with you. God is always with you. That's especially important to remember during the tough times. When the hard times come, it's not like God just said, you know what, I'm just going to you know, let them flounder on their own. It's not how God operates. And if you think that's how God operates, you have a wrong view of your heavenly father. Because that is not the way that God works. It's not the way that God operates. He loves his children. He takes care of them. He doesn't step off the throne and allow just whatever to happen. When Joseph was lying in the pit, at the very beginning of this, he didn't give up hope because he knew God and he believed, he had to have believed that God was watching over him. Yeah, I mean, think about this. What did the brother say? Here comes the dreamer. Let's kill him, right? God did not allow them to kill him. That's what they wanted to do. 
And you say, well, that's because his brother stepped in. Why do you think his brother stepped in? Well, boy, that was a lucky break. Circumstances really worked right in his favor there. No, God is sovereign. And he made sure he was safe. Well, how safe could it be to get fished out of there and then sold to Midianite traders? I don't know. Go back and read the story. See how it turned out. God knows what he's doing. We've got we've to remember that. Remember this, because this is, this is really super important. In trials and t- tribulations, God is with you. You're not by yourself. There's not a time that you get in a situation and, and God goes, okay, you're on your own. God is busy working in your life. God is busy making you the people he wants you to be. Think of uh, uh, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this thing, that he has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. All God's people said? Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God's already set forth for us to do. We just got to catch up and get them done. Amen? Okay, so my illustration, and, and the people in Oski are going, oh, he's going to do it again. The illustration that I give is that when I was in high school, we had pottery class. Anybody do pottery? Okay. All right. So you do pottery, and you're going to make a bowl, right? And so you, 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 the thing's spinning, and you bring it up the edges, and then they fall in. And, and so then you, you rework it, and you try it again. You bring up the edges, and it falls in. All right? And then what we learned to do was put two slots in it, call it an ashtray. <laughs> yeah. All right? So, God has begun a good work in you. He's going to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. You are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Hear me. There is never a time when God looks at you and goes, you know what? You're too much work. Boom, you're an ashtray. Never will he do that. Because he loves you. You are his project. And he is making you to be exactly what he wants you to be. Don't fight against it. Allow him to work in your life. Life is hard. We know that. Life is discouraging. We know that. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't quit. Number two, develop yourself during the down times. Okay, things aren't going the way you expect them. What can you do? Okay, I don't care whether you're young people or if you're middle-aged, or you're old. Read good books. Constantly be reading, learning. You know, when I was these guys' age, you know, people said, well, you know, readers are leaders. Like, My son Phil, many of you know Phil, he told us one time in high school, we're, we're homeschooling him, and Lynn's having him do book reports. And he goes, I hate reading. Reading is for rich people. <laughs> like, what? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That was, you know, and what's funny is one of his very best friends is now my associate pastor. And, and, and 
you know, I'll, I'll be talking to Pastor Ronnie about reading a book, and he'll look at me and he'll go, you know, reading is for rich people. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. But read good books. If you don't know what good books to read, text me, email me, contact me. I'll give you a list of good books. I've mentioned a couple already. Be a reader. Learn. Develop yourself spiritually. If you don't know where to start, here's a great book. Donald Whitney wrote a book entitled Disciplines of the Christian Life. Anybody read that? Okay, a few of you. Great book. Great book. Lots of basics for really getting in there and living the Christian life. Get on it. Develop yourself during the, during the down times. When you suffer injustice, when you suffer hardship, when you suffer hard times, complaining doesn't do any good. But we like that, don't we? We like to complain. When people knock you down, the best thing you can do is allow that to make you better. One of the things that I have tried to learn in my life is that when a bit of criticism comes my way, it's not just because Papa Raj is mean and he wants to make me feel bad. God has allowed, for whatever reason, I'm picking on you, Papa Raj to say to me whatever it is that he says. Now, I can look at that and go, well, Consider the source, Papa Raj is an idiot. Okay? I could do that. Or I can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't see this. I don't see this criticism. I don't see it to be real. But if you've allowed it to be brought to my attention, there may be a nugget of truth in it. God, help me search my heart. Help me to see how I can be, ready? more pleasing, more Christ-like, more glorifying, and diligently seek you better through this experience. Okay? So, so when the hard times come, when, you know what? You didn't like me. He's a jerk. Or I could do the, the famous, oh, yeah. That's a great comeback, by the way. Um, allow things to make you better, not bitter. Don't be bitter. Learn, grow, change. Each time Joseph found himself in trouble, it seemed he tried to learn something new. We've got to try new things. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. Is, is to understand that, that these little nuggets of criticism, there's, there could be something in there that you could learn and grow and change. Number three, realize that self-promotion can never replace divine promotion. Every time Joseph tried to promote himself, it worked against him. Look at how the, everything began. He had the dream, and he just, you know, got to see his brothers. Hey, guys, guess what? You all are going to bow down to me. I had this dream. Oh, guess what, Mom and Dad? You guys get to bow down to me. It's going to be awesome. We're going to love it. Yeah, how did that go? Not well. It didn't go well. But yet, by the time he's presented to Pharaoh, he had finally learned his lesson. Do you notice when he goes to Pharaoh and, and he explains Pharaoh's dream, and, and, and in the process, he says, here's what you need to do. You need to find somebody that can oversee all of the good years, be smart enough to pack away 
plenty of grain so that when we walk into the down years, you are able to make those withdrawals. You noticing any patterns here? You can make those withdrawals and, 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 and everything will be great. He didn't say, you know who'd be good for that job. You know, I know a guy. Me. He didn't do that. He just said, here's what you need to do. And Pharaoh said, well, why don't you just do it then? Because you already got the good idea. Okay. And he was willing to do that. He knew that success comes from God and that you give God all the credit. You guys have been incredibly encouraging this week. I know to me, I, I assume to Pastor Marty, I assume to Pastor Chad, that, that you guys have, have come to me and you say, you know what, your, your ministry, really a blessing. And I always say thank you, followed by what? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Because guess what? On my own, I got nothing. I got nothing to give you. I come up here and I've got God's word and principles that we learn from God's word. And that's all I can give you. Because on my own, not an understatement, I am an abject failure apart from God. And so we need to realize that. God gets the credit. The only advancement is the kind that God gives. Uh, we can finagle, we can force, we can, we can twist, we can do all kinds of things, our own promotion, but it is only what God does that matters for eternity. Here's the last one, number four. When a dream is realized, God's plan comes together and it's sweeter than you ever could have imagined. When I started out, the sermon, I told you that I went to my pastor and I said, let me preach, let me preach, let me preach. And in the midst of learning how to be in ministry, I have made multiple mistakes and yet God is faithful. God is faithful. And being in the ministry, being used of God, getting the privilege to stand before you, open God's word, give you these messages is absolutely sweeter than you can, you can imagine. Somebody said to me yesterday, is it, is it weird being on this side? Because normally I'm the, I'm the program guy. I'm the, I'm the MC. And, and some of you have come up and go, you know, I've been coming to family camp for years. I have never heard you preach. Lucky dog, lucky dog. All right? But it, it's a privilege to get to do this. It's an honor. I, I absolutely love it. It is so sweet. Can you imagine what it was like for Joseph when everything finally fell together and he was brought back into fellowship with his family? By God's grace, he's able to save his family, live on prime land in Egypt, lead the most powerful government on earth at that time, and to help preserve God's people for a greater purpose. Egypt is the incubator where a small family of about probably 75 to 100 went in. And if you understand the Exodus, somewhere between 2 and 6 million probably came out. That was the incubator that God used to grow the nation Israel. And Joseph was the guy that God used. 
And yet, if you look at his life, you think, man, what, what a train wreck. What a mess. All this stuff going wrong. And you get to the end and you see, here's what God was doing. When Joseph finally finishes speaking, he briefly grasps us by the shoulder, looks us square in the eye, and gives us a little squeeze of encouragement. And then he turns and leaves for the stands. Joseph is in the scriptures for our encouragement that we might understand that God is at work. Father, this morning we are so thankful for your word. We are so thankful, God, that you are sovereign. And your word tells us about the lessons of life that we can learn from those who have have gone before us. We, We don't ask this morning, Father, that you relieve every single pain that we experience. But, Father, what we do ask is that you will strengthen us. Strengthen us that we might fulfill your purpose and your plan that you have for each one of us. Make your dream, better yet, make your plan, your purpose for us and for our lives so vivid in our minds. And give our hearts encouragement that we might continue to run the race. Father, we love you this morning. We stand in awe of who you are. We stand in awe of how you work in our lives. God, may you be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name.